Golf Podcast. Thank you for listening. So big week this week. We have another major on the LPGA Tour and it's Jack's Tournament Memorial at Muirfield Village on the PGA Tour. I'm actually in Ohio staying in Dublin and getting ready for the tournament this week. I've never been it was just one that I had on my list that I always wanted to come to. So thankfully, this is the week. Now, we're going to be talking about that in the secret golf field a little bit later on. Elk's got some great stories about his time here. Um, also, the weather curse. Have you heard about this? So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting tale. And looking at the forecast for this week, it's set to come true once again. But Elk's going to go into that. First of all, we're going to start with the LPGA Tour because it's the US Women's Open. I'm amazed week actually because for the first time ever on the LPGA Tour the winner is going to take home a seven figure sum of money so exciting we have five of our secret golfers in the field should be six well could have been six but one of them has started her maternity leave and I've got her on the phone now Brittany Lincecum so how does it feel because you're going to be off golf for the foreseeable future <laughs> You know, it's kind of a weird feeling. Obviously, I've played um, the LPGA. This is my 15th season, and I've, I've been so lucky. I've never had injuries or I've never had to take any uh, time off. So um, to have this much time off, I I'm, I'm, have no clue what I'm going to do with myself. Obviously, um, we have about 14 weeks or so until the baby arrives. So once she gets here, I'm sure we'll be super busy and uh, times will be great. But just getting to her arrival is going to be, I'm going to have to pick up a hobby of some sort or, or do something because um, I'm not used to having so much downtime. <laughs> I know. And especially because when you do have downtime, you're still physically active. So, you know, you'll be out <laughs> playing golf or you love to fish. So all these things, you know, you almost need to kind of like stop yourself and chill out for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try to do as much as possible, obviously not force myself to do anything where I'm going to hurt myself or the baby, but i um, definitely going to take some you know, classes at the gym uh, try to, you know, keep doing some cardio to stay in shape and uh, still going to go fishing off and on, maybe not <laughs> offshore as far, um, just in case I, you know, don't feel good or anything. Um, but yeah, you know, going to still play golf. I'm sure my husband and friends will still want to play every now and again yeah. and um, try to stay as active as possible. And with your life, as you say, you know, so many years spent traveling on the road, it must just be nice to think that you have a substantial period of time where you're going to be at home. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's... Um, like I said, it's kind of new and and foreign and, um, but it's going to be great. You know, obviously I have my puppy Dexter and and we haven't even started getting the nursery ready. So that's going to take a little (laughs) bit of time, which is good. Um, so it's going to be great. And obviously, you know, spending so much time with my husband, I've never, I've never done that. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So since you became pregnant, how's golf been? Because obviously that's you last week was your final tournament, you know, taking your maternity leave now. How did you find golf, you know, actually going out there and playing in tournaments, the game itself, the kind of physical motion? Did you notice a lot had changed? You know, I actually felt wonderful. I I feel like I could have played a few more weeks just um, the way the schedule fell. It it, um, just didn't work out where I was able to, but uh, I think being taller, because there's a couple other girls on tour that are pregnant right now that's had some struggles with pains and stuff. But I think just being taller, I, I carried um, differently than they are. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I could have played at least two or three more tournaments. Just obviously the Open was too much stress. And then I had already committed to an outing for Atlantic City. So 
Um, unfortunately, I can't play that week, but um, I felt I felt great. You know, last week in Kingsville, uh, it was really hot. I think that was one of the, the bigger issues too, okay. uh, especially going to the U.S. Open in Charleston. It's just it's a hundred degrees there right now, so um, that was a concern, obviously. But um, I have felt wonderful, so it's, I've been mm-hmm. super lucky with this pregnancy. <laughs> oh, good. That's so good to hear. I was going to yeah. ask because obviously this week it is the U.S. Women's Open, and you know everyone wants to play in the majors, but you made the decision that you weren't going to play this week, and that's yeah. the, a great point. It's the weather, but it's also the stress of competing in a major. It's kind of different to a normal tournament. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've I've enjoyed playing just like the regular season. LPGA events, but the majors, um, obviously A and A, I wasn't that far along, so that wasn't too bad. But um, for this one, you know, obviously being you know 26 weeks pregnant, it's just a lot of stress. You know, it's more mentally, uh, and mental and physical actually um, to get through a U.S. Open, and um, obviously the golf course is very grueling, and it's. I knew it was going to be really hot, so um, I didn't want that much stress in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Regular LPGA, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was a regular LPGA week, I would have played for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this week, a huge week for the LPGA Tour, though, and you have to be so happy about this because they've increased the total purse for the US Open. And hopefully this is a trend we're going to continue to see. 5.5 million. And for the first time ever, the winner, it's $1 million. What a fantastic announcement. It is fantastic. You know, obviously, I wish I could have been there and uh, received a, a few of those yeah. dollars. Um, but um, it's it's a great step for women's golf. And I mean, since the commissioner, Mike Wan, has stepped up, and I mean, we're definitely trending in the right direction. Obviously, we would like to see it happen, you know, a little quicker, getting closer to equal pay, but um, he's doing a great job. We have more events, more TV, uh, purses are increasing, you know, everything's going in the right direction. So it's awesome for um, the U.S. Open to step up and uh, be the first one to have a, a purse over a million dollars, first place prize over a million dollars. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. So I want to talk to you about we have um, the rest of the Secret Golf team in the field this week. So we can kind of just go through them a little bit, talk about their season so far and their game and, you know, their kind of chances. Starting with Stacey Lewis. And Stacey is someone that I'm sure you've spoken to a lot. Stacey and Jarena, who we'll move on to, because they both had their babies not too long ago. Stacey coming back um, at the beginning beginning of the year for the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, got a top 10 finish. So what, what do you think about Stacey right now? Her game seems to be trending in a brilliant direction. Oh, yeah. Stacey's always uh, uh, one to watch out for, for sure. You know, um, she's super consistent, which is which is what you need, especially at an open. She's not super long off the tee, but, you know, it, it's always right down the middle. It goes on the green. She's a good putter. Um, she's, she's definitely one you got to watch out for, obviously, coming back from having a baby and she wants to, you know, get back out there and prove herself and, and do great again. And uh, I think she'll, she's going to be one to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Have you guys talked a lot about coming back after the baby and, you know, how she's managed to oh. kind of get her body back in shape? Because she really did talk about that quite a lot, that she couldn't believe how much her body changed, especially when it came to her core and the, the power that you generate from that part of your body. Mm. Absolutely. You know, thank goodness uh, her and Jarena both, uh, or a little bit ahead of me, not too far. So if I have questions, you know, it's still fresh on their minds yeah. and they um, have such great answers for me and get back to me quickly. And, um, but yeah, you know, Stacey, I mean, she, I swear she was like a week after she gave birth, she was already back in her regular uh, size clothes. So uh, she's a, she's a great, you know, one to follow. And, um, but yeah, she's definitely right. You know, I, I felt that um, I tried taking a yoga class a couple weeks ago, just doing like the simplest little move. Uh, with no abs and no core, it's 
it's really challenging and yeah. you don't realize that those muscles are kind of gone until um, something like that. So definitely in golf, obviously you can imagine, um, you know, not having those muscles is, is makes it even harder, but yeah, so she's, it's just crazy. I mean, she's back in shape and she looks amazing and, um, you know, she's, She's going to kill it. Yeah. And as you say, just uh, a figure of consistency when it comes to the LPGA tour. So Gabby Lopez, yeah. another one, she had her debut win in China at the end of last year. And since, well, four top tens, LA Open, the Lotte Championship, the Kia Classic and the Diamond Resorts. What do you make of Gabby <laughs> Lopez right now? Because I feel like that her win, another win is definitely around the corner. In, in a perfect direction, you know, coming into this week, you know, she's had a few top tens, which is great for her confidence. And, um, you know, she's played in the majors um, of the Open just because it's such a long week. You know, it's you play way more practice rounds than you probably should. And um, just you, you grind over every shot. And it's just a grueling week. So, um, but yeah, having you know all those top tens, I mean, she's definitely in a great position to have. What do you see about Gabby's game? What would you say is kind of like the biggest strength of her game right now? Um, I would say the strength of Gabby's game is definitely her short game. Um, her chipping and putting, you know, she seems to get it up and down um, when she needs to, which is obviously what you need to do on, on tour to save, you know, as many strokes as possible. And uh, to finish, obviously, on the leaderboard, you know, you definitely chipping and putting is where it's at. And, you know, I wish I would have started back in the day when I was younger chipping and putting and not so much driving of the golf ball. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely uh, definitely going to save some strokes with the wedges. It's funny, I do that all the time. I go to the driving range and I start with my like smaller irons and then I get to the driver and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like blast majority of the balls of the driver. And I think this is not helping me at all. You and me both. Oh gosh. Well, you're, you're one of the biggest hitters out there. So it definitely works for you. Um, Jarena Pillar. So obviously after having AJ last year, she made her comeback at the HSBC Women's World Championship. She's got a new caddy on the bag. So, you know, some fresh changes for Jarena and she's kind of getting back into that rhythm. Yeah, for sure. That's the, that's the hardest part. I think, you know, taking so much time off and then coming back and um, in your mind, you want to do great. You want to win every tournament. You feel like, you know, you're an athlete, you've been there before, you should be able to finish in the top 10 every week. And then you have a, a couple weeks that might, might not go your way. And then you kind of get discouraged a little bit. So I think just more reps for Drina is going to do her well. Um, obviously, you know, she's such a wonderful player. She has so yeah. many good things about her game. She's super consistent. She has a great short game. Um, everything is there. I just, you know, taking so much time off, it cannot be easy. And, um, you know, I, I hope that this is her week because obviously being a Solheim Cup year, I, I know I've talked to her about wanting to make the Solheim Cup team and play for Julie again. Um, but she's such a wonderful player that it'll, her time is coming and um, she'll she'll do great again here soon, I, I'm hoping. Yeah. Hey, talking of changes, Sandra Gall had her on the podcast earlier this year and she was talking oh. about the fact that she's been changing everything. She changed her, her <laughs> swing. She changed her finish routine. She got a new team of people in. But um, I, I think <laughs> another one as well that she's made all those changes and it's just a case of like putting in the reps and waiting to see it all come together. Yeah, that's the frustrating part is just, you know, again, you've, you've had success, you've done well in the past, and then you start searching for things and, you know, maybe changing her whole team is, is exactly what she needs. She's again, another wonderful player has the biggest heart on tour, Aww. such a nice girl. And, uh, we really, uh, she's one that I root for every week just because she's so nice and her family always comes out and her dog. And, um, she just is such a wonderful person that you want to, you want to cheer for people like that. And, yeah. um, she'll figure it out soon. I'm sure she has a great swing, a great golf game. And, 
it's just one of those of kind of getting out of your own way, I guess, and just letting your club do the talking and mm-hmm. not trying to force it. But um, it, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> and she's another one, like we were talking about with you earlier, she's been on tour for such a long time. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't, we don't feel like we've been out there that long, but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy that, yeah. you know, you, you've been out It's 15 years for me. It's, she's got to be pretty darn close to that yeah, as well. So. We don't feel like that we're that old. Yeah, <laughs> none of us do. <laughs> and then um, the final one, Brittany Lang, who of course has won the US Open, the US Women's Open before 2016 was her year when we shot her Secret Golf Player Channel. She had the trophy there and just incredible for her. So to come to a major, yeah, okay, of course, it's a, it's a different golf course, but there has to be that real positive feeling knowing that you've been the champion before. Absolutely. She's one of my bestest buddies on tour. She was in my wedding. I was in hers. And, um, you know, she has such a wonderful team around her with her husband and her family and her new dog, Bailey. Um, I think just being back at a U.S. Open, obviously her name is on that trophy. Her picture is going to be everywhere. Um, Just those memories, she can pull from that. And, and, you know, I'm hoping this is her week to to have a good finish. Obviously, she's been struggling here a little bit lately, but... um, she just she's another wonderful player that I just I root for as well um when you see friends struggling it's obviously really hard but mm-hmm. she has all the right tools um she just needs that one good week to kind of set her over and then you know game on from there so I'm, I'm really hoping this is her week like you said it's a different venue but it's still the U.S. Women's Open and um she has a lot of great memories that she can pull from from that uh, from that win a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. And uh, even though it is a different course, you go in preparing for the beast that's going to be a US Women's Open <laughs> course. It, it's not going to be an easy challenge. It never is. No, absolutely not. You know, it's, that's why I love the majors because they set them up so hard, especially the US Open. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to play the most beautiful golf courses in the world and they are the longest golf courses with the thickest, with the fastest greens and you know, normally five, maybe 10 under par wins, which is so perfect because when I see a score and it's 30 under par, you know, in, in your mind, it's hard for me to fathom that you can make that many birdies. Yeah. Um, but um, so when the scores are kind of lower, like a U.S. Open or a major, um, I think that those are the best. Obviously, it's showing the, the hardest golf possible and you have to hit the you know most perfect shots and you have to have the best four days in a row. And it's just it's so great. I love I love the majors. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, have you been watching the NCAA championship finals? Of course, it was the women, the girls last week and um, the guys this week. It's been very exciting. Super exciting. I, this is bad. I actually watched way more of the girls. I watched almost all the girls. And yeah, me too. I haven't watched as much as the guys. I've been here with my grandmother on a little vacation and I'm not even sure she gets that channel on, on her TV, <laughs> um, but definitely been following it on social media and Twitter and um, it's, I mean, that golf course that they're playing is so hard as well. Oh, gosh, I, know. I feel bad for them, but, um, you know, it's, it's so cool to see when a team comes together and, and then when they went to the individuals and the match play and their fist pumping, um, you can really tell how much it means to them to play for their team and to do well. And um, it's just so cool to watch. Yeah. Well, you're going to get to do a lot more of that over the next couple of months, watching a lot of golf, LPGA Tour, <laughs> PGA Tour as well, I'm sure. And preparing for the arrival of your little girl in September. It's going to fly in now. Oh, I hope so. I, I can't wait. It's just when I get home to start getting the nursery ready. And I think it's really going to hit me then because right now, like the nursery room has just boxes and just oh. stuff everywhere. But to kind of get it set up and ready. 
uh, I think it's going to become real. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much for the time. And of course, I know you'll be cheering on all the secret golf girls over the weekend for the US Women's Open. And you enjoy time with your grandma as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I don't get to see her as much as I would like. And she's 88. So definitely going to take in these times with her and um, have some good time. Gosh, everyone will be so excited. Right. All the best. And we will definitely catch up with you soon. Cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, always love having Brittany Lincecum on the podcast and well, going to miss her playing on the LPGA tour over the next little while, baby coming in September. But having Stacey and Jarena as her really good friends, I'm sure they're going to give a lot of advice when it comes to the baby and getting the game back whenever that happens. But of course, no rush. We're just excited for the safe arrival of her baby girl. So this week on the PGA Tour, it is the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village, Jack's iconic tournament and one of the staples of the PGA Tour schedule. Now, I caught up with Steve Elkington at the beginning of the week and, well, we talk about the secret golf field. Also, some stories involving Jack and Elk's time on tour and the curse that almost guarantees it's going to be a wet one. But first, well, last week it was the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club and Elk, a great week for Secret Golf with two top 10 finishes. Yeah, one was undoubtedly uh, predicted, I did, Ryan Palmer, who is a member of the Colonial uh, Country Club and his caddy is also the men's club champion. No surprise that we told you that Ryan Palmer would play well. Um, And then your brother Russell had a great last round. I got to text with him a little bit. after the round yesterday where he shot 65 and won a ton of money. And we talked a little bit about Bradley Hughes, who'd spent three days down here with Sam. And your brother's happy with Bradley and all the things he's been working on with his game. Yeah, I saw actually a tweet that Bradley had put out about Russell. And he had said, all oh, Russell's kind of stats from the week. And then Russell said, yeah, we're getting closer. And it's funny because Russell hasn't worked with a swing coach for a long, long time. So to have Bradley there with him and for them to be kind of formulating this plan and just tweaking little things here and there, I think it's just making a huge difference, especially to his kind of mental state moving forward. Yeah. When you think about swing coach for, I don't think of a swing coach when I think of Russell with Bradley, I think more of um, what he helped uh, Russell understand was a little bit more of you know club head awareness of where Russell had the club in his swing at, at during his swing and the pressure that he needed in his feet to be able to so many things that are so, so much misinformation and now that guys are springing off their feet and you really don't do that I mean that's just a byproduct of having a lot of tension or mm-hmm. in your feet where you can and I know one of the drills that he's working on with Bradley is a a board drill where he holds a board between his his feet when he practices so he can feel the pressure in his feet so that's been really interesting um seeing russell you know get more awareness and of course he proved it at colonial where it's you know you know it's a paradise for guys who can hit their irons pin high and uh he shot a 65 on sunday and Got the money, as we Got say. Got the money. I want to talk to you about Kevin now. Obviously, he won the Charles Schwab Challenge, and he said something very interesting where he thought there was only three courses on the PGA Tour circuit where he could actually go out there and win, and Colonial was one of them. He tied the course record there before. He's had a lot of good finishes on that course, so it was only probably a matter of time before he knew that he was going to go out and win this one. What do you think about him saying that about the three courses on the schedule? Well... I used to think the same thing, Diane, except I never did win at Colonial, but I, I, I attempted it about 25 times. I think I came third and second a couple of times, but um, 
Colonial is not a long course, and it has a lot of holes at dog leg and bottleneck, so you never see a lot of the big hitters going to Colonial. In fact, Diane, I saw most, as I watched the tournament unfold, Kevin Nard just played his game, right? He just didn't, mm-hmm. he was hitting three woods and different shots just playing down the fairway, and you saw all these other guys hitting driver, like Spieth, they're in the trees every hole, and they're punching out, and they're getting into trouble, and their score's going backwards. What happens when you get on these short courses, shorter courses, Diane, is with a very narrow, with a lot of trees and rough, you finish up with about 10 of the holes where everybody has to play from the same spot. And the question then becomes, if we put the whole tour 150 yards from the green on a, on a particular hole, who would do well? And then so Kevin Nair, in his mind, is a good, you know, a good medium iron player. So he says, hey... I can just play my game, get it down in the middle of the fairway, and then I can go to town with what my strength is, is probably from inside of 160, 170 yards. So um, that's what I think of when I think of why he's picking it. We're going to see this uh, same um, style of golf when we get to Pebble Beach, Diane, as opposed to Beth Page Black, where Brooks Kepka was you know, my favorite because you know, he has a 350-yard tee ball. Okay, I wish I did too, but there's nowhere to hit a 350-yard tee ball at Pebble Beach. So mm-hmm. when I start to evaluate Pebble Beach, we saw Graham McDowell win there. Same, same situation. We saw Tom Kite win there. Tom Watson finish there. But we've also seen some really big hitters, but real strategic thinkers like Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. So it's going to be really interesting. We're going to come up with some sort of a formula, Diane, that will say, hey, here's the field, here's the weather, Here's where everyone's going to have to play their shots from. Who has the advantage once they just get to that spot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, US Open coming up in three weeks, so we'll be talking about that very soon. But, you know, going from the kind of shorter course of Colonial to, um, well, the opposite this week, because it's the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village, Jack's course. And, well, this course is anything but short. Yeah, Jack lets you hit driver. You know, he Jack was the greatest tactician of all. He frowned upon people that didn't play strategic golf. And, um, you know, he's he's worked on Muirfield Village, Village for, oh, 30 years, you know, and tweaked it and tweaked it. So he, he has a nice combination of holes there, and he has some short. Um, but mainly speaking, to play well at... I'll tell you a story about that. I, I, was ne- I never did good at Jack's tournament until one year I said, you know what? I'm so frustrated playing at Jack. I love it, but I'm, I'm so frustrated playing Jack's tournament. I'm just going to pretend that I'm going to hit the ball like Jack. <laughs> so I adopted this fade shot off the tee. I was drawing the ball at the time. I just, I said, you know what? I'm just going to play this. I'm just going to play the course exactly the way Jack would. So I did a fade off the tee. I played strategic all the way around. I hit a high fade shot into every shot, every green. I hit a high fade shot to the center of the green. And lo and behold, Diane, I finished second. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's a good mental mindset to be in. He's a good person to think of his game anyway. Exactly. He's my idol. And why, would, why hadn't I thought of that for the, the 15 years before that? Well, he always said that this is a show place of what golf should be. And as you say, he's worked on Muirfield Village for years and years. And... He, I read an interview as well where he said that you look at his 18 major victories, 73 PGA Tour wins. The thing he's most proud of in his career is Muirfield Village. Yeah, it's, it's, it sits right below the majors as, as the, the most revered tournament we have out there. You know, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, those two icons. Of course, Arnold's gone now, but, you know, he had a course in Florida that had a bit more wind and, and 
and it was on a different piece of property, but Muirfield Village is just lush, and it's just everything's perfect. Jack doesn't like you to get away with any average shots. You know, when you think of Nicholas Design, you think that it maybe favours the left to right shot. He lets you get into these tight corners barely. Um, there's no there's no surprise at why Tiger has won five times there. He just he literally plays the same uh, ball flight as Jack. You know, high fade. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, as we start to think about this week, I haven't really handicapped it yet, but I want to see the weather. You know, Diane, the biggest problem that Jack has was was uh, Chief Leatherlips. Do you know the story of Chief Leatherlips? I think that that is the hardest thing to say. But I, you, you talked about this last year, but remind me of the story. Well, when Jack built the golf course and he put the dri- driving range, uh, he wanted the driving range in a certain spot. And it was actually, Diane, it was going to be on a Indian burial ground. Uh-huh. And Jack said, well, I'm going to put it there anyway because this is where it should be. And the other chief came by and said that you'll be cursed for 30 years of bad weather because you built a driving range over the top of the tomb of Chief Leatherlips. <laughs> so it's almost come to pass, Diane, that he has had bad weather for 30 years at the memorial tournament. His wife, Barbara, has gone to the gravesite and offered offerings of, of sponge cakes and cookies and beer, like just kind of like you do when you leave for the reindeers. Yeah. And, um, it has not worked. So you're there this week. What is the forecast, Diane, for the week? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it's like. Last night, I think probably about 10 o'clock, 10.30, was staying in this gorgeous house not far from the course, getting ready for bed. And like the room is lighting up with lightning and you can hear the thunder cracking. So we all go and stand outside at the door and it's the heaviest rain I have seen in a long, long time. Then we start to hear the tornado sirens. So we all had to go downstairs in the basement of this house and we were watching the news to see what was going to happen. But the sirens were going off for a while. Is this the the awakening of, of Chief Leatherlip that this week? That could be it. Maybe this is the final year of the curse. He's grumbling. He's just <laughs> grumbling that they've come back and they're hitting balls over his grave. But so much rain last night and there is a there is a lot of rain forecast for the week, especially um, before the tournament starts. And yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a wet one. But it always is. The amount of people that have said that to me since I've been here, it always rains for Memorial. Well, of course, you know why now. Mm-hmm, I do. That's a great story. I have um, a couple of tunes that I've done in the past, so we're going to put them up this week. So catch that on on Twitter and, and yes. Facebook and Instagram. The other thing, um, a lot of people, well, they don't really compare Muirfield Village to Augusta National, but talk about some similarities between the two. The fact that, you know, plenty of room off the tee and then the premium's really on the second shot. The par threes, the 12th and the 16th here, very similar to the 12th and the 16th at Augusta National. Yeah, as I said, you know, Jack has a very uh, acute understanding of of how the golf course plays scoring-wise. You know, the whole trick at Muirfield is to get through the first four or five holes he lets you make a he lets you have an opportunity at five for a birdie. He has another opportunity at seven, uh, par five that the guys can reach into and then he then he pushes you all the way through the course with all these tricky little shots and fifteen is a is a reachable par five that's created a lot of drama uh, over the years. So it's it's a wonderful place to watch golf. There's so many interesting shots. There's shots that go over little creeks and 
very precise shots. I remember at 14, remember when Tiger went left of the green in front of about 20,000 people and he was dead and he flopped it on the green and went in the hole. It was like Jack said, it was one in 50,000. I mean, there's just been some awesome things that happened at Muirfield Village. Well, Tiger, this is his 17th start at Memorial. He's won it five times. It's great to see Tiger back in action this week. And as you say, this is a course that you know, Tiger has a similar game to Jack. And he's, of course, chasing chasing the numbers for the majors with the US Open coming up in a couple of weeks. But do you see Tiger doing well this week? Can't really rule him out. No, you can never rule out Tiger. You know, he... Uh, <clears throat> He's licking his wounds, uh, proverbially, for the for the cat after getting beat by 17 strokes by Brooks Kepka over two days at the at the PGA. Maybe he was a little under the weather. Some guys were saying he wasn't feeling good. But you know, when Tiger shows up, it's always hard to beat him. I've seen the guy play with a broken leg, so I'm not worried about how. I'm not <laughs> thinking about his health, Diane. I would say that he has had a three weeks to sit and stew over what he did wrong at the PGA and what he's done right. I know he answered a question, well, you were really disappointed about the PGA, and Tiger answered the question by saying, hey, I'm 43 years old, I just won the Masters. So Tiger's the best at keeping that attitude about where he is mentally. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's much like Augusta for Tiger. He plots his way around Muirfield. Again, you've already told me the weather's going to be uh, a little bit soft, going to make the fairways soft, so... He, sh- he should be able to get it in play. So once he gets it in play, he- he's going to be at the top. Yeah. Well, we have a big field of secret golfers this week. Ten of them playing. Um, Bronson Burgoon, Brian Harmon, Patton Kazire, Russell Knox, Jason Kokrak, Andrew Landry, Mark Leishman, Pat Perez, JT Poston, and Jason Duffner, who won here two years ago. So great vibes for Duff this week. And the past couple of weeks, he's been posting some great scores. He's been in the mix. Well, he was in the mix Almost last week at Colonial. Week. Yeah. And Almost then um, playing good each week. Yeah. At the World's Fargo a few weeks ago, too. What is it with Duff then? What is that one component that's that's missing right now? You know, he he uh, he's had a couple of hazard balls. He's he's sort of got one mystery shot that comes out of his out of his bag each week that he doesn't know where it came from, and it's costing him like two or three shots each week. Of course, we all can relate to that, Diane. You two, you you included that you have this one crazy ball that goes. Well, you're like, I didn't know where that came from, or I go in a hazard I shouldn't have, or I remember you said recently you you got over the water or something you. You never get over the water on that hole. So um, I think Duff's up for the challenge. He's been out there a long time this year playing. He, 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 he loves this course. He has a lot of, you know, uh, you know, a lot of golf feelings about Jack. Jack's one of his idols. So I think he'll rise to the occasion this week for sure. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, looking forward to seeing it. And, uh, you know, the thing is, this course is so special. This tournament is so special. Jack's presence, Jack and Barbara are so involved with it that there has to be so much positivity coming back here as a past champion. Oh, there's no doubt. Great place, great locker room. Jack knows how to do it. And, you know, let's not forget that after this tournament, they're going to play that 36-hole qualifier, which is the craziest thing, you know, the way the USGA runs their event, which is, you know, every other major, you know, you know that you're going to be in it. And essentially, there's like 50 guys that are in the U.S. Open, and the other 100 have to qualify. So they have a big week this week, Diane, you know, playing 72 holes at Muirfield, and then they have a 36-hole qualifier on Monday. Mm-hmm. And... Then the boys are asked to go to Toronto to play and then back to Pebble Beach. So it's a bit of a um, it's a tight bottleneck of the schedule right here. People will say, well, you know, they're only playing golf. Well, yeah, you know, you play 72 holes in a week 
plus the practice rounds, 90, and then play 36 on Monday, fly to Toronto and start over, and then get ready for the U.S. Open. It starts to wear you down. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not surprised to see Brooks Kepka, Diane, not skip this week. What a schedule this guy's got, right? <laughs> I he know. The PGA, and then he goes, walk straight to Pebble. Oh, that must be nice to be in that position. And, you know, the contrasting side is you think about these guys that are fighting to really keep their tour cards. And if they are playing in the US Open qualifier, that is a long, the 36 holes on the Monday, then having to go to Canada and hoping to be in the US Open. It's a lot. As you say, this is a tight stretch on the PGA Tour with the schedule change. Yeah, when I, when I turned 40, I think it was 40 uh, on tour, I just quit doing the 36-hole deal. It was just too much. I put everything I could into the tournament, and then you play 36. You can play 36 good holes and miss, mm-hmm. and then you catch on a flight and go to the next tournament and start over, play a pro-am, and just, yeah. So it's all right for some of the young guys. I know Perez, took a, he's taken a month off. He's just skipping the whole idea of that. He's got a young baby. So, you know, it's interesting to talk about the schedules and how these guys manage it, but uh, this is a very hard thing to miss right here. Everyone wants to play Jack's tournament. Everyone wants to be in the U.S. Open, and everyone wants to go to Canada. So it's a real bottleneck right here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so LPGA Tour this week, it's the U.S. Women's Open at the Country Club of Charleston in South Carolina. Brittany Lang, one of our Secret Golf team members, she won it in 2016. We've got five of them in the field this week. Stacey Lewis, Gabby Lopez, Sandra Gall, Jarena Piller and Brittany Lang. Brittany Lincecum now on maternity leave for the baby that's due in September. But, um, you know, our girls, the season so far, anyone kind of standing out for you? Well, it's nice to see Stacey Lewis come back from her having her baby. And I've, I've spoke to uh, Garrett and her, and she's feeling really energized about her game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stacey come up and play well. Brittany Lang, she's, got a, she's been on a bit of a, you know, off and on with her games, but she's a US Open champion. This course will suit her. Gabby Lopez, of course, has won. Yeah, as you say, I mean, Stacey Lewis, she's had two top 10 finishes this year so far. Gabby Lopez has had four top 10s, and then she was T13 last week at the Pure Silk. So this, I mean, for Gabby, since getting that debut win end of last year in China, what a run she's been on. Always was going to happen. You know, they, uh, she came out of Arkansas. They just played the NCAA men's and women's. I'm watching the, the men's right now. And uh, Gabby would played at Arkansas, as did Stacey Lewis. And, and it was just a matter of time for Stacey to get on tour and win. And, and, and now Gabby's followed in her footsteps. And she won last year in China. She beat the number one and number two player in the world. So, yeah. as you've already noted, Gabby's playing well this year. What about her winning this week in the US Open? I know. Honestly, I think that um, it's definitely, I think another victory for Gabby, definitely on the cards. Let's talk quickly about the NCAA Division I Championship then, because the individual champion was crowned at the beginning of the week, Matthew Wolfe. Now, uh, he plays for Oklahoma State. He's a sophomore. He had a sponsor's exemption into the Waste Management Phoenix Open this year on the PGA Tour. He is the guy with the unconventional swing. Yeah, he. Uh, <clears throat> I watched him yesterday. He uh, he won the tournament easy. I think he won by seven strokes. He he was one of the few guys there that had a couple of different speeds in his swing. And uh, I was speaking with uh, Larry Mowry by a text, and we were talking about how Wolf, you know, he's controlling his ball with different speeds of his swing. And a lot of these guys, young guys, are trying to hit the ball really hard. And when they get under a lot of pressure, that real hard swing doesn't work for him. It sends it into the trees. And I was also texting with my roommate Billy Ray Brown, who who uh, I was on the three NCAA teams with when we won at Houston, he said that 
all the teams that are playing well up at the he's he's commentating for the golf channel said all the teams that are doing well men and women they're all hitting shots they're all positioning themselves off the tee as opposed to the, the ones that aren't doing well they're all playing golf swing they're just trying to smash it down there and and it's just not working out for them this mm-hmm. particular course um is so difficult, so narrow that it's just really like 41 over Diane qualified for the match play in the Gosh. men's this, this week. Excellent, Elk. Thank you so much. And um, well, hoping for a good week here at Memorial. I am definitely going to have a milkshake because everyone's been telling me that that is like one of the best parts of being at this tournament. It, it is indeed. Have a great have a great week, and don't forget to take your brolly because uh, Chief Leatherlips will have the final say, Diane. <laughs> Steve Elkington there. Now we recorded that before Stanford went on to win the NCAA Division One Championships. So a huge congratulations to them. It's been so exciting to watch on TV over the past couple of weeks. Thank you very much for listening to the Secret Golf Podcast. Big field this week for the Memorial Tournament and also the US Women's Open. Five of our girls in the field really excited for this major and to see the Country Club of Charleston. You can subscribe to the Secret Golf Podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, or any other app or website that you use to listen to your podcasts. They're all online at secretgolf.com and also Golf News Net. We team up with them. So go and check it out. And we'll be back with another one next week. (laughs) 